0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. I hope you're doing well. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this week's edition of BPM Pod. And I won't keep you too long this time. And I'll just jump straight into what we've got. Chris Feinhardt. He and I had a lovely conversation that went over many hours a few weeks back before the whole lockdown thing came into effect, and it was just too much to put into one big episode. Maybe I will in a little while, but until now I've broken it up into four parts, and this time we're on part two of the series. In part one, we talked about stage presence and the importance of having fun on stage. And we talked about the usage of backing tracks in music and if they're sort of relevant or allowed, if that makes sense. In this part, we're talking about the truths that we wish non-musicians would know, things they'd understand, and our first musical inspirations. So here's part two of the episode with Chris Feinhardt. What are some things that you wish non-musicians would know and mine you just reminded me of then is about the sort of rehearsal of a performance like i think a lot of people go to gigs and just kind of think you play this shit and that's done and it's like no there is a lot of prep work in this like like you say some gigs are even too click or too rhythm like you cannot go over like you need to sort of stay on time and especially if you're big sort of musicians working with curfews or whatever it's planned to time yeah and that's something i really wish non-musical people would know even just small gigs like the one i played last year it's still to time like i still have practiced it and know roughly to the minute where it will end um yeah i don't know it's far more scripted than i think non-musical people realize that would probably be my input on it but
1: i have a really like like very intense example of something like that because i know a guy who plays for a pretty big band i won't say which band it is but they are like they are playing festivals and everything Mm -hmm. so they're a huge rock metal band Mm -hmm. and they have everything on backing track Mm -hmm. in case something goes out yeah when when there's this, when uh, I don't know when the string breaks on a guitar, hmm. like the sound guy immediately immediately knows which fader to put up, so the whole show can be going. Wow! Every everything everything every single instrument is on a backing track, running simultaneously. Holy shit! And it doesn't matter if it's if it's a tom, if it's a bass drum, if it's a guitar, if it's the singer's voice, whatever. If he coughs, backing track goes up immediately. Every, 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 um, like every between the songs, when the guys, the the singer is telling something, I don't know, the next song is called this and this and this, the backing track is still running. There's a click timed to announcements and everything, but that's choreographed to a stream. That's that's an extreme, of course. Yeah, and I know that the guy who plays for them, he the first show he messed something up. I think it was a drum intro, Mm. something didn't quite add up, so they had like they were like a bar behind. Mm. And they had to jump to that.
0: Mm.
1: And after the show, like one of the original members of the band came up to him. And he was like, that shit doesn't happen ever again. Wow. Yeah. So there there are some stakes to it, right? There's, there's a label behind it and everything. The ultimate goal of this show is the audience can never know oh, that that's something re- went wrong. And I, I was... Speaking about this to, to to colleagues, musician colleagues who yeah. have been on t- major tours all over the world, and every mu- musician I've spoken to is like, "I don't know if that's a good thing." No. Well, we 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 get it. I get it from a from a from a perspective of the audience because if I go there, okay, I want that perfect show. Mm. But I don't know. Do I want that perfect show? Because me, when I see, like a guitar player, his string breaks, and there's like a little awkward pause or uh, anything. That's the shit I remember. Yeah, and if they handle it well, it's even better
0: because yeah. that's a that's a unique experience that only this concert, this audience had. It was the same with the Foo Fighters concert I mentioned earlier. I mean, that was the one where Dave Grohl broke his fucking leg. You, that like was there. Yeah. Oh, right. And I'm like, what do you think they planned that in? Do you think they had a click track of how long <laughs> that's going to take to get back on? Like, no, of course they didn't. It was fucking incredible. Like, because yeah. of it, I don't know. I I think that level. I think. Yeah, there is more level of rehearsal and choreography than people realize. There really is. Even if you're doing a 10 minute set or a proper sort of gig, you still have practiced and you know roughly how long you can take and how long things will sort of be. But I think to that level is a bit excessive. It's, it's extreme, right? Like, and it's just like, what's the point anymore? And that's probably my other thing I would like to tell non musicians. Musicians on stage make a fuck ton of mistakes, like <laughs> constantly. Like, and I can't even count how many bum notes I must have played. Like, even in one song, like, there'll be loads, or my timing will be slightly off of lyrics, or even you forget lyrics. I've been to some really famous musicians who just have to, you can tell, like, well, most people won't notice, I guess, but they repeat the same refrain or something because you're like, oh, they forgot the lyrics. Like, that's why, like, they did it. This happens all the time. Like, and I kind of think it adds to a performance rather than it takes it. It makes it away relatable.
1: It. Yeah. Because that's not a fucking robot on stage,
0: just a human being. Sometimes you forget a freaking lyric or a note. What would you like non-musician people to understand about you, or musicians generally? Is there anything you've really wanted to bash people's heads together and be like, look, just get this. I've experienced multiple times that people shit on
1: autotune without knowing what it actually does. Yeah and i and i and i get that autotune that some people say that autotune ruined music as we know it of course it, it i mean it's doesn't a, add to a natural performance in any no, way but it's
0: never as true as those statements make out is it, it? right it's extreme cases again yeah.
1: but i've had a, i knew a guy and he was like man they add autotune to every voice and i was like do you actually know what autotune does yeah because well, the name says what it does yeah. as long as you're capable of speaking a little bit of English. Mm. And he was like, it makes the voice sound better. Uh, what does that mean? Well, how, how does it mm. make the voice sound better? Well, it, it sounds more professional. It's so far away from, yeah. from the truth. And I explained to him what it so does. Explain what
0: Autotune is for people who listen who don't know what it is very quickly. I think it, most people do. but It's a, it's in a, like, it's a, di- a digital
1: tool that corrects the pitch of a sung note
0: yeah but that's only I mean. to a certain degree
1: to a certain degree it, it, you can push it up to a hundred percent and course. that's when you get that uh what's his name uh, her name chair
0: believe the song do you believe in you're your right when it sounds fragmented. It too much yeah
1: what's, what's that rapper's name T-T-P-T-Pain? t-pain t-pain uh, oh, no, no. he's one of those rappers who, who uses this extensively Mm.
0: And then so, it does sound like a robot.
1: And then, and then it, but then it's again, it doesn't it, it's more of an effect, like an actual effect.
0: Yeah. So Cher always claims as a disclaimer that they did that on purpose, as yeah. an effect. And, and I it, tend to believe her, because she's actually not a bad singer. So it's kind of like, okay, well, but, and but it's become the yeah. standard again, especially yeah.
1: uh in, in, in German hip-hop and rap. Mm. Everybody uses autotune all the time. But it used to be something to just correct well a note that was slightly off Mm. uh, but the technology gets weirder and better every year so i think you can already tune guitars and everything with it or or orchestral passages or everything i think there are like polyphonic
0: autotune products out there right now to tune a whole fucking chord, <laughs> but even then, like you said, it's not like it's completely ruining the sound. It only does it no. within a certain boundary, right? Like yeah. If you're marginally flat, basically, or...
1: it's it's a guitar tuner for your voice. Yeah. And that's not that's not not a bad thing per se. No. Yes, it does change the natural performance of the voice, but we got used to it, so everybody uses it. Not a bad thing, but it doesn't make automatically. A good recording of a voice because no. you need all that other shit, what whatever it is, EQ, compression, yeah. to make a voice sound how it sound, it should sound in a in a commercial mm. release. Mm. So yeah, just blaming Auto Tune for making a voice sound
0: good is yeah, and then equally saying that people are bad singers because they use Auto Tune yes. is another dumb thing to do. Yes. speaking about, like, music earlier, and tracks we love, and things we love, and then we even mentioned some of the influences we have, um, just a bit earlier in our conversation. But what was the sort of first song you could remember when you were a kid that really got you into music? We are like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I want to do that. It doesn't matter if it's like a rubbish nursery rhyme song. I can tell you what mine is afterwards, but I'm more intrigued what yours is.
1: That got me into in, that got me into music and you making playing music. Or? Anything just
0: really got you obsessed or interested. There are two in mind, but I want to hear yours first, so it isn't all about me.
1: I remember the first time I I got a CD as a present, and I remember the first music video that I watched. So the first one is going to be awkward. Oh God! Let me ask you a question. Okay, go. Do you know the Smurfs? Yes. <laughs> I know that would catch you off guard. <laughs> <laughs> I even said yes before I'd even digested fully what you'd asked. Do Just... you, did you know that the Smurfs uh, used to well not produce, but that they, they had
0: albums? Yeah, I knew they made
1: albums and stuff. Yeah,
0: that's that we're going to talk later about our albums still relevant. But the Smurfs albums are things I wish weren't relevant. I've, well, they were to me. Okay, <laughs>
1: um, for my it must have been fourth or fifth birthday because we used to live in Berlin back then I got one of the Smurf CDs and back then Germany was really into techno mm. holy crap was Germany mm. into techno and even the Smurfs uh, Smurfs were into techno so what was that album called I don't know but it had something to do with bananas <laughs> and with apes and there were roller skating on the on the cover
0: This is probably the most challenging record you have ever put on your turntable. Everybody in the house make some noise! Okay, so I'm gonna quickly go, a quick digression while you're searching for this. The first album I bought, I think, was a reissue of Led Zeppelin two, which shows you, like, that I was an old man. Sorry. From, like, five years old. My God. It, you're not kidding. There are like, bananas on the front cover and skateboards and apes and... I'm, I'm going to have to find this and I'll insert it here into the podcast. That's the incredible. Album is,
1: the album is called Alles Banane. Do, do you... Okay, you know. <laughs> 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 that was that was my first CD, and there was volume like, three. Volume because the there fir- were two more volumes. I, I think the first one was called Techno. is cool. <laughs> Holy shit! And there was the the, the because th- those were basically covers of famous songs back then, yeah. right? And the, the main track was uh, uh, what was it called Coco Jumbo yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that one? Ah mm. uh, yes. Yeah, oh my wow, really? Yes, and, the, and and they covered it? Well
0: Yeah, sorry the smart
1: version. Coco, I think was a gorilla, and he likes bananas. So the lyrics were ya der mag Oh my god. <laughs>
0: that's
1: so bad. yes, it is. Okay, and so I'm that's sorry the- that that's one of my first This is your first album you owned, okay. yes. But I, I, like I said, on the first episode we we did together, my, my parents actually brought me up with Phil Collins. Yeah. yeah. And Scooter. <laughs> so back Scooter, to the techno shit.
0: Siberia. Right. And fire and how much is the fish? <laughs> my first album, as I say, I think was a reissue of a Led Zepp album, which I bought when I was like five or six, which makes me such an old man when I was even a kid. That's cooler than the Smurfs. But my first single was Eiffel 65, Blue Dabba <laughs>
1: that one is actually super like people love it again
0: kids listen to it all the time it's, it's on in my gym every time I go to the gym class they play it and they do look like smurfs yeah And yeah, so actually there's a definite blue theme here this is kind of strange yo listen up here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world and all day and all night and everything he like him inside and outside Blew his house with the blue little window And a blue corvette And everything is blue for him And himself and everybody around Cause he ain't got nobody to listen I'm blue da 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 da
1: What was the first song that got you into guitar then? In a guitar. Um, that was System of a Down's live performance of Psycho. Okay, well that's on, pretty soft. On Big Day Out. Because okay. I, I wanted to be a drummer and my parents were like, no, you can't play the drums in a one <laughs> family household Yeah, well, because okay. that's loud. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know. And then YouTube just started and I was, I was a System of a Down fan and I saw this live performance and Darren, the guitar player, like he was spinning and playing a solo that wasn't on the album. And I was like, holy crap, I don't know what he does, but I love this and I want to do this. Hmm. So that was the record that, uh, well, the the song, the performance that made me play guitar. Hmm. And what was the one in between? My first CD? Oh, right. The first music video that influenced yes, me. Yes. Go for it. And that's another genre. Comp- so I genre. can answer
0: two of these questions with one answer, and I'll tell you that in a minute. But go on.
1: The first music video, and I've listened to it yesterday, yesterday evening, was Eminem,
0: Eminem Without Me. Mm-hmm. But that is a great video. That's
1: amazing. The song it's is also so a fantastic cool. song.
0: Yes, it is. And I actually end up singing that around the house more, like, really often, actually. N- normally because, um, there's just certain lines in it that I'll say to my wife, and she just knows that that's the song. You know how old that song is? It's a 2002? Yes. It's 18 fucking years old. <laughs> like, oh, maybe three, I don't know.
1: I oh, okay, date. we'll
0: have to check that. But, th- yeah, uh, my guess would be 2002. But that, I don't know if that's accurate. Um, <laughs> but... That's a good song, a yes. music video to be influenced by.
1: And I have very fond memories of, of of that time with my best friend from school back then, from primary school, watching, oh, I don't know, MTV or Viva or whatever it was.
0: Um, The first music video that really made an impact on me was, again, Queen. Breakthrough was the song. We'll watch it later. It involves Queen on top of a steam train breaking through tunnels. That's it. That sounds amazing. It's it's incredible. It's one of the best music videos I've ever seen. I mean, it's awful. but And they've double-sped the video, so it makes it look like they're going at like yeah. 100 miles an hour, but actually they're doing like 15 miles an hour, and they've just upped the speed. Yeah. So everything's kind of jittery. Did oh, they to and perform
1: weird. to a halftime song?
0: No, I don't think they did. At some points, it's just jittery and lots of cuts, so you oh, don't right, really notice. Right. But that was the video that really got me into things. I just had this, love uh, loved this idea of this train smashing through all of these brick walls That's and cool. stuff. It was kind of cool. And my granddad had the whole VHS tape of all of Queen's greatest hits, but their music videos. Yeah. And I watched that to death. Like, I think I watched it so much, the tape actually went transparent. <laughs> like, I really watched it so That's much. Cool. That's the first one I remember. And then the song that first got me into music. It's such a bad song, was The Final Countdown by Europe. That's a cool song. I mean, it is, but at the same time, it's... Have you heard that one cover of that song? By... Worst band ever. <laughs> oh no, but we will I'm do that. I'm going to show... This and I will play it the now. The most amazing... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it for this week's edition of BPM Pod. Thank you very much for joining. I hope that we'll speak again soon. If you do want to get in touch with the podcast, you can do so by going at BPM Pod on Instagram or Facebook, or go to bpmpod.com, where you can listen to all of the episodes so far, uh, read some musical reviews, and look at lots of other stuff on there, And I've sort of written about music and cool new music that's out, cool gear that I like, cool bands that I like, and uh, other things like that. Until next time, stay safe, everybody. Look after each other and stay lucky. And uh, have a great day, whatever it is you're doing. And I'll speak to you soon.